0: Canada Conversations is brought to you by Deloitte Canada, helping you navigate the complex challenges your company faces through recovery and enabling you to thrive in the new normal. To learn more, visit Deloitte.ca.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to the July 31st episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. My guest today grew up in Thornhill, Ontario. He spent nearly two decades in the auto industry, working for Honda Canada and BMW Canada. Now, he finds himself leading Infinity Canada through a pandemic while the automaker moves away from fleet sales and deals with what was already a slumping luxury segment. Today, he's here to talk about product, how COVID-19 has affected dealers, the sales process, and the luxury segment in general. I'll also get his thoughts on what it means to be a Canadian leading the Canadian arm of a major luxury brand. That's today when I talk with Canada's Managing Director, Steve Rind, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Steve, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much, Greg. Uh, Good to be here. My pleasure. You were supposed to start your job as Infinity Canada's Managing Director in April, but the pandemic moved your start date to June 1st. And then you spent the first several weeks of your tenure reaching out to infinity dealers across the country. How did you make that happen during a time of social distancing and safety precautions? What was that process like? What I did was it was basically in this environment, just setting up, um, zoom
2: conference calls, uh, with the, the various teams across the country. And, uh, Really was an opportunity for me to listen to to their perspective, understand how the business was was tracking, um, and to share some insight into where we're headed as a brand in the future, and uh, and you know, really get their feedback. Uh, so really, a lot of it was just focused on on listening and understanding the situation. Uh, of course, we're going through a pandemic. So uh, as much as we're talking about the future of the brand, a lot of the discussion was around the the here and the now and and uh, you know working our way through a very difficult situation
1: does that replace meeting dealers face-to-face i'm sure you probably would have preferred to go into a dealership i just wonder do you get the same feel and feedback when you're doing it over a zoom call or a teams meeting
2: yeah and and you know what i've done i've done a combination i've done a couple of dealer vi- face-to-face visits um one in late june and then the other one uh, earlier this month um just in the toronto area where i could drive to um so just starting that process as well, but I would say uh, my experience has been very good. Is that we're we're having good discussions, whether it's face to face or it's it's on uh, conference call, you know, or video conference. I, I like the video conference in particular because then you can you can see people and 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 uh, you know just get to know them a little bit better uh, just by having a chance as opposed to just a phone call. Um, but uh, you know what, we're we're all sort of adapting and making do with, with the challenging situation. And I I think it's been, it's been effective and, and is working well.
1: What did you hear from dealers? What were their top concerns? What's their number one priority? Yeah, I would say it's consistent with most businesses in Canada was,
2: uh, you know, the the return to generating revenue, right, and and selling product um, because of the, the situation and when were things, and, and frankly, at the beginning of June, uh, there were still retailers that were not able to be open from a sales perspective. So, you know, that was a big part of the discussion is how do we ramp up very quickly to get back to generating revenue? Um, and so, you know, that's that's our focus from a, really the marketing investment that we put into market in the month of June, as well as we've continued through July. The programs that we're offering uh, to make sure that we remain competitive and, and offer good value for customers to try to encourage customers to come in, as well as, you know, we introduced our Infinity Now concept, which was about adapting the sales process for consumers so that they could be, you know, dealing with us in a way that they're more comfortable with. And that all the way from, um, you know, enabling much of the purchase process to be done online, um, to uh, the contactless test drive for customers so that they can, uh, have a vehicle dropped off to them, um, and not have to interact with anyone, um, and then have the vehicle picked up, uh, when they're done. So, uh, you know, that was a big part of it was how do we adapt
1: quickly so that we can generate business? How quickly did the pandemic force uh, your brand and your company to come up with something like that program? Um, Was it overnight or was it already in the works? I just wonder how quickly it was going to be implemented anyway, as as the dynamics of customer interaction change and shopping habits change. Right. I, I would say, so the things like the contactless test drive was
2: uh, was not in the works at all uh, beforehand. So uh, being able to turn that over quickly and introduce it in May, um, you know, from the, really when the pandemic started, um, I would say sort of the mid-March timing, so it was even before I got started that the team had already started working on that. But to have coordination across the country with all our retailers that we could make that commitment to consumers – you know, took took a few weeks to get that up and running and then the, the marketing creative and, and have it in market. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty impressed with how quickly the, the network has responded, how quickly my team has responded uh, and continues uh, to do so. Um, you know, I think the retailers are very good at that and, and we've seen it in terms of them bringing, making sure that they have e-commerce solutions on their website for customers to take it all the way as far as the customer wants to go in terms of the transaction.
1: Do you see a lot online. of customers... Um, moving in that direction it, has there been a big take rate on the contactless test drive and e-commerce and the online shopping have you noticed as a brand and as a company that people are making that change we're seeing we're seeing it, i would say small steps what's been interesting is
2: is as we've kind of introduced as the stores have come back open and, and this was through june and, and late may even um, what was interesting is, is the dealers were saying that they actually were seeing people come back in and that people were just happy to be able to get out of their homes and go into, a, yes. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So sure. I think that was that was the initial steps. But we are seeing sort of a, a, a I would say still a relatively small percentage of customers that want to do everything um, contact free and, and uh, completely online. But it's growing. Um, And so it's something that we're, as we get better at it, as they get more comfortable with it, I think it's going to continue to grow.
1: In the United States, generally speaking, some dealerships, I'm not saying Infinity in particular, but some dealerships are charging uh, extra for things such as vehicle delivery, vehicle sanitation. We saw Mannheim auction uh, now charges a fee for some disinfecting. Is this something we'll see at Infinity Canada stores where these services will be Uh, fee-based and maybe even revenue-generating for dealers. Uh, Yeah, good question. I I would say at this point, I mean, we don't
2: anticipate charging customers, uh, you know, a dedicated fee for those things specifically. But as you can imagine with any business, right, when your expenses are going up, um, you know, you have to offset that expense somehow. So whether that means uh, an adjustment in pricing, depending on how costly those things are, uh, you know, that's something we'll have to investigate as the take rates go up, as the the costs uh, are better understood. Um, how expensive it will be going on to manage that stuff, then we'll have to make some adjustment if if needed. Uh, but, you know, the intent is to try to offer it uh, within the value package that we have
1: already with our products. Let's talk product and, and lineup for a minute here. Some automakers are abandoning sedan sales. That's no secret. Um, of Infinity's 2,255 sales for the first six months of this year, only 614 of those were cars. Our Infinity sedans... Sustainable, particularly in Canada, and could we see an all-crossover lineup at Infinity?
2: Yeah, I, I, so I, I can't comment on on future product, but to me, there is still a need for a sedan uh, within our lineup. Um, it's still a, a significant portion of the Canadian luxury market, and uh, I think there are just consumers who who generally prefer the, the driving dynamics of a sedan, they've maybe always driven that, or they're looking for something that's got a sportier feel and you just can't escape, uh, you know, the realities of, um, the physics of, of a vehicle that's, that can be lower and wider and therefore has better driving dynamics. So me personally, as a car person, I, I very much like how a, a sedan or coupe drives, uh, versus a crossover. And, and crossovers are nice, but you just can't beat the fact uh, that you can get just much better performance out of a, a sedan feel. So I, I believe that that will continue to be a key part of the Infinity brand as we go forward. We'll
1: hear more from Steve Rind after this short break.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic has had an unprecedented impact on the world's population and economy. Social distancing and self-isolation measures have taken consumers out of the auto retail market, while concern over worker safety continues in manufacturing facilities globally. An increasingly distressed supply base is facing the potential for large-scale liquidity issues, which may lead to increased M&A activity throughout the ecosystem. Significant uncertainty remains around the permanence of current consumer behaviors and the extent to which they will be able to re-engage with the sector. Through Deloitte's State of the Consumer Tracker series, We discuss timely data and trends and highlight key consumer insights. We also explore how behavioral preferences take shape over time to allow businesses to make strategic decisions in this dynamic market environment. The ongoing survey results are also available via an interactive dashboard, the Deloitte Global State of the Consumer Tracker. Check in every two weeks to explore new consumer insights and emergent trends.
1: Welcome back to the show where we're joined by Steve Rind, Infinity Canada's Managing Director there's no question popularity of small utility vehicles it's growing um there's the bmw x1 um someone said to me it it sounds counterintuitive for infinity to have dropped the qx30 which is sort of in that segment that competes against the x1 or the audi q3 or the mercedes gla is there something coming to fill that gap that entry level small utility vehicle for infinity
2: you know what we're focused on the on the q x fifty and and that DSUV segment, which in in Canada, as you know, is is roughly forty percent of the market. Yep. so uh, and what we found when, with with q x thirty is really was overlapping with that segment in terms of price point. And and where we could position it, so we felt we could offer much better value for the customer through through a D SUV competitor. So, uh, so that from our perspective, that's going to remain our focus. Is is really that's where the bulk of customers what the mo- the bulk of customers are looking for, um, and so that's where we want to to make sure we put in the best effort keep focused there and 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 that's why we're you know partly going to introduce um, a new qx fifty five which we've talked about before um, uh, to give us another offering within that uh, that large segment
1: so did you find a lot of folks who were maybe looking at the qX 30 were easily moved up the line then i I think it's true just from a value perspective that that you
2: could see the the price points were not that far apart. Right. And so uh, it, uh, it makes it easy for the customer to say, you know what I can get a little bit m- a bigger vehicle uh, for a similar for a similar price point.
1: I don't know if infinity is entrenched in Canada the same way some other brands are Acura, for example. Uh, infinity, as we said, sold about 2,200 vehicles in the first six months. Uh, Acura did 5,500. What has to change to get those conquest buyers for infinity? How do you win over someone from another brand in Canada? Yeah, I think you know
2: that that's one of our, our strengths. I would say is is that we are uh, different than the other brands. Uh, maybe not being as big and as as well known. I would say is uh, you know we we build products that are, are unique, very premium experience, um, performance. Um, there there's a design element to, to infinity products. And I think, I think what we have to do a better job of is getting people to know a little bit more about our products. And uh, once they understand where it fits and, and competes with, I think uh, we do very, very well. So I'd say there's a bit of an effort in, in terms of familiarity, getting people more familiar with the products that we offer um, to help us uh, continue to grow. Um, You know, I think that's, that's a key, a key opportunity for
1: us. You were previously the executive director of marketing at Nissan, Canada. so how does that experience on that side of things and marketing help you when you come over to Infinity and you address what we just talked about, um, you know, trying to get a few more Conquest buyers, trying to get your name out there? How does your experience at Nissan help you with Infinity? Yeah, I think um,
2: having having a background uh, in marketing, of course, I was also responsible for product planning. Um, and and so being very familiar with uh, with the product development cycles and and those aspects brings I can bring that to the table as I as I look ahead on the Infinity side so. Uh, from a marketing perspective, that's a really critical piece: is making sure that we are clear in our messaging for consumers that we tap into sort of those those really important aspects that what the real what the luxury customer is really looking for, and and being very clear about what it is that we offer that uh, addresses their needs, their wants. Um, you know, as you know, a luxury customer is choosing to pur- to purchase a vehicle that. Um is significantly more expensive than a mainstream product. and and there's lots of reasons why they want to do that. So we need to be very clear about what it is that we offer them uh, to uh, to fulfill that need, that want that they have. and and uh, I think with my marketing background, I think that helps. Um and really, it's about leading the team um, and uh, you know building in them and and uh, helping them get to uh, the right solution to bring to market.
1: We've heard from a couple analysts and forecasters derosier in particular over the last few months who say that the luxury market might be the one to take the biggest hit um during this pandemic um especially early on because people sort of had their portfolios take a hit things have sort of recovered how do you see the luxury market playing out over the next five months to get us through this year and then into next year
2: yeah, it's a, a great question. It's uh, it's a topic uh, that that we're all trying to understand is is exactly uh, you know what will be the longer term benefit or uh, impact because in the short term we've seen a nice rebound in terms of sales um, on a national level. Uh, I, I would say it's true that the luxury segment has been a little harder hit than than the mainstream segment. Once you back out fleet, um, but uh, we've seen a resurgence, and what we're all Trying to understand is will it be sustained or will it will it drop off? Uh, based on what I see, I believe that that it will be sustained. I don't think we're not going to go past last year's numbers for the balance of the calendar year, but I think uh, I think that we will get very close as we move through August and and uh, through the balance of the year. So. I, I'm optimistic that the that it will continue um, at a similar pace once. I think we'll get back to similar numbers to last year in the back half of this year.
1: How important are these upcoming months? I mean August September is usually when new product starts rolling out onto the lots and it's sort of defined as the second selling season and we lost the spring selling season. How important is August, September, October for infinity? And for all automakers for that matter.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's true. It's, it's very important for all of us, um, to, to get through those next few months. Um, you know, there's certainly the product challenges, um, or I guess the production constraints that were required as we went through the first part of the pandemic, which is, so the supply line was interrupted a little bit. So that's something we're all working through as well. But, um, yeah, I would say the next few months are very important because it'll give us a feel for what will come after that as well. So, uh yeah it's it's an important time in the industry
1: do we see more incentives as a result of that because it becomes so important because you're trying to make up ground from earlier in the year are there is there more money on the hood coming
2: I, I don't think so um, again because of the disruption to supply I think that's that's a reality that everybody's dealing with so I'm not sure that the, that we would see even more uh, incentives because frankly I think the industry is pretty aggressive already um, so I, I would expect that it what you would see is the current levels would be sustained um, through the next
1: few months. I'm sure it varies for everyone. Um, I'm not even sure how you or Infinity or analysts can measure it, but I'm curious, given the pandemic, where we stand now, what would you consider a successful sales year for Infinity Canada?
2: Yeah, so we were looking at that, uh, you know, for for the industry and and uh, looking at the the total industry forecast for the year, um, and this is our fiscal year, which is April first through the end of March of next year, and and the industry forecast we're seeing is somewhere down between, and and it's different from the different forecasters, but it's minus anywhere minus fifteen percent to minus twenty percent, somewhere in that um, that range. Um, I, I think for us, we, we will likely be down a little bit more than that. Um, mainly because we are shifting our focus away from, we had some fleet business in our, in our numbers last year, which we won't have this year. Um, and so we, we will see a a bit of a bigger decline on the infinity side, but from a pure retail focus for our customers, certainly for the back half of the year, we're expecting to be very close to last year's number. Um, So, yes, we will have the impact of the pandemic, which has brought our volume down significantly. But as we go from this point forward, uh, we expect to be very close to last year's number.
1: So let's uh, end it on sort of a personal note.
2: Um,
1: What does being a Canadian leading the Canadian arm of a major automaker or a major auto brand mean to you and mean to the industry here in Canada? Yeah,
2: I would say, uh, you know, for me, being Canadian, it's just uh, amazing to have an opportunity to to lead a brand in the Canadian market as as a Canadian. And it's my home. And so I'm very, very uh, connected to it. and and uh, you know, even from a customer perspective, they're you know, friends and neighbors who who own infinities and and uh, you feel a responsibility to them and and to others. So uh, that for me, is something i I really, really enjoy. Um, for the industry, I you know, I think, I, I hope it means that uh, th- there is a, a benefit to having a Canadian uh, running these companies in that you have a good, uh, you know, a leader who understands the Canadian market very, very well. And uh, as we're trying to bring in talent in the Canadian market, of course, we're, we're trying to hire local people. So if that can be beneficial because they see the opportunity that, that exists then uh, I think that's, that's a really good thing, um, that it's important to have that Canadian leadership. And so uh, to inspire others, uh, that's uh, what I see as another benefit of it.
1: Excellent. Well, I wish you all the best in uh, the job moving forward, and I appreciate your, um, your time here on the podcast today. Steve, thanks for joining me. Excellent. Yeah, thank you very much, Greg. Okay. All Take the care. best. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We reached Steve in his office in Mississauga, Ontario. If you want to be a guest have a suggestion, or simply want to comment on the show, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you join us next time. So long, everybody.